Hi, and welcome to my podcast, The Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm glad you found me. I'm Renee Beery, and I love empowering women to take on home projects, both large and small. I have been the only girl on the job site for the past 27 years, and I have seen it all. The good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. With my help, I hope you will be able to avoid the mistakes I've seen in the past and go into your project confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your project is as smooth and successful as possible. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. I know I've mentioned in the past that I plot out about four weeks worth of topics that I want to discuss on the podcast episodes. And I keep it a little in flux because often things will come up that I think are really pertinent to go over, really kind of of the moment. And that's, again, what happened this week. So I was going to talk about the topic of what to do when your construction project is dragging on, which of course, in this world of pandemic and supply chain issues has become a really insanely important topic and one that is we're all struggling with, quite frankly, designers and homeowners, as well as contractors and quite frankly, everybody in between. But today I wanted to talk about something that just keeps popping up. Now, I've mentioned in the past that it is a housing boom right now, at least in my area. And from what I see on the news, it's pretty consistent across the country. And so what's happening is there's this unusual pressure to look at a house, put in a bid that night, and boom, you've bought a house. And then what happens is you've bought a house that you might have seen once, feeling under pressure while looking at it. Maybe it was at night after work. Maybe it was quicker than you had thought because you didn't know how much time to invest in this process, what have you. And I've been hearing all sorts of different stories, but there's this pressure. Now, the other thing I'm hearing is there's a lot of pressure to be putting cash offers in as far as getting ahead of the line of 10 different offers, and then also foregoing any inspections. And over the last, say, three weeks, I have been working with both clients as well as some remote clients who have some combination of those circumstances with their new homes. And one, in fact, is still on the hunt. But but I thought it'd be really important for us to dig into how they got where they are, what they're experiencing now, and whether there are any regrets or whether everything is working out just fine. So in one circumstance, a Family was moving in from out of town. And that, of course, is going to put some inherent issues in a house search, right? You don't have the opportunity to go see something probably more than once. You may be looking at three or four houses in one day because you're only in town for a certain period of time. So there is a a little bit more pressure to make a judgment call with your best gut feeling as opposed to really sitting down and analyzing one house over another. And I understand that there's in this situation, there was pressure to get in a house before school started to get the kids settled into a new state as well as a new school. So those are sets of circumstances that are reasonable and constantly happening regardless of a housing boom. 
And the other client that I'm working with has always wanted to live in a certain neighborhood, just loves the feel of the neighborhood, knows some of the neighbors, very kid-focused, kid-friendly neighborhood, and was willing to do almost anything to purchase inside this neighborhood And in fact, reached out to a few older owners to see if any of them had plans to be moving into, say, a retirement community or a smaller home and got lucky, found a seller who was planning to move. And so it turned into almost a private sale, although it did go through realtors. And then the last was an out-of-state buyer who really loved a property, but wasn't 100% sure about the house itself because they already knew that it would be a ton of work. A very elderly woman was moving out of it and had been in the home for decades. And even from the appearance of the outside, you got a gut feeling of what the inside looked at. So let's discuss each one. So in the first, they moved in from out of town. They saw a bunch of houses. They really liked the way this house was sited on the land. The property in the back was extremely private, even though they were in a neighborhood. And while it was, quote, more house than they wanted, they liked the flow of the house. It served their needs. And quite frankly, they needed a house. Now, the problem was they didn't like the aesthetics on the interior. The exterior, perfectly fine with. The interior the former owners had decorated with a very heavy hand in French country. Now, this went beyond the furniture because they did take the furniture out. I'd actually like to see the house with the furniture in it. But this goes to the moldings and the columns and the beams and the faux painting and the surface applied moldings on cabinet faces. It was truly everywhere. And now, don't get me wrong, I do love French country. And I really love that the former owners truly invested in the style that they obviously loved. The problem is the current owners were coming from New England and had a much more pared down aesthetic to both their furniture and the way in which they like to live. So basically, the whole goal of the scope of work is to peel back those details. Now, some are not going to be able to be peeled back. I mean, the columns are structural. Now we could replace the columns, but that's pretty extensive. And what they were looking for was much more of a cosmetic changeover. Change out the light fixtures, hopefully remove some of the surface applied molding details, painting over some of the faux painting, things of that nature, which is truly doable. Now they also inherited a carpeted second floor, which was not to their liking. And the former owners had some pets, so they figured it was probably pretty grungy at that point. So they knew that underneath there was just subfloor and they would have to install hardwood floor. And so, you know, then you get into the discussion, do you leave the bedrooms carpeted and just do the hallway, which would be much less expensive, or do you do the entire second floor and then purchase area rugs for those rooms? So these are all things that the homeowner needed to consider on top of paying for the home and paying for furnishing new spaces that they didn't already have. And this homeowner in particular had moved a number of times. So he truly understood what he was getting into. And so this will be a pretty smooth project because he already understands and has basic knowledge of the cost of the scope of work that he knew he would want to take on. Now, some of the bigger projects, a kitchen renovation, 
and a few of the bathrooms. He knows those will be spaced out over time. But in the initial phase one of his projects, he has a basic knowledge of what that will cost, and he factored that in when he purchased it in the home. So that was actually a great situation. The second homeowner that I'm working with purchased a home that was never on the market. So therefore, there were no inspections, there were no floor plans, there was nothing, no photographs, anything, because the home never hit the market. And this homeowner waived inspections, buying it in the term as is. And so what does that mean? That means literally hand the key over, it's as is. And so if you uncover something terrible in the basement that the furnace is leaking or there's structural cracks in the foundation, those are yours and you own them entirely. Now, luckily, she didn't find anything that terrifying, but her list of things that she wanted to improve right away during phase one was very long. This home had been lived in for decades and the woman cared for it beautifully, but never updated it. So the systems were from the 50s. The carpeting was probably replaced maybe 15 years ago at best guess. The paint had never really been touched up, maybe painted once in the last 10, 15 years again. These are the kinds of things that the homeowners knew they were inheriting and they were prepared to make these changes. The problem came in when she started receiving bids for the work, estimates for the work, and she was overwhelmed at the cost to do the level that she wanted to do in phase one. So the disappointment started coming in because her budget wasn't going to support everything that she wanted to do in phase one. And that's okay. There's always time to do additional phases. But the goal, if you are buying a house, quote, as is, is to do as much research as humanly possible on the items you want to renovate in the beginning. So for instance, could she estimate how much it would cost to refinish all of the floors in her home before she got a professional in there to give her a proper estimate? Well, the answer is no. Most of the floor, the entire second floor, was carpeted, and several of the rooms on the first floor were carpeted. So it was very hard to know the condition of the floors because it had carpeting on it for decades. However, it is possible to Google search a cost per square foot of refinishing floors. Maybe you narrow it down to East Coast. There are ways in which you can ballpark to know, are we talking $5,000 or $50,000? Now, of course, that is a huge range, but for someone who has never refinished floors, it's a great exercise to go through to educate yourself of what you're getting into. So, and that applies to everything, whether the windows are shot, meaning they are failing. If you see condensation in the windows, That means the storm window is not keeping moisture out. So those windows are technically failed. Now, can you live with failing windows? Well, of course, they're just not going to be as efficient as they were when you first put them in. The HVAC system, the air conditioning, the furnace, how old are they? Are they on their last legs? Often these furnaces have tags on them that will date them. Okay, go online. How long is a furnace from this manufacturer expected to last? 
you know, things of this nature are easy enough to do. And again, you're not going to get dollars and cents right, but you're going to get in a ballpark. If you know that furnace is 10 years old and you see online that they estimate 10 to 15 years, you know you're on the tail end of it. Start looking at furnaces of that same size. How much are they going to cost? Now, maybe you won't be able to add in the labor cost, but you can probably get a pretty good feel for the labor to install it once you see the cost of the unit itself. And this goes on and on. This woman had a huge list of things that she wanted to get accomplished. And unfortunately, the budget wasn't there to support it. So her phase one project will now have to be spaced out to phase one, two, and three. And that actually is okay. Now, obviously, it's disappointing to the homeowners because they had anticipated having all of these ducks in a row and these certain projects completed before they move in. But the problem is when you buy a home as is, you truly get it all, the good, the bad, and truly the ugly. And so you need to have a firm understanding and quite frankly, understand your threshold for pain and tolerance in taking on a project of that nature. Now, in this case, living in this neighborhood was more important than phasing out the projects that she had wanted. So she still, in the end, will get the home she wants, where she wants it, and she will get those projects accomplished. It just will take longer than she had initially anticipated. And now the final client is out of town. They are looking at a property that is apparently quite unusual in their area. It's a little over an acre plot of land, but the home itself is extremely old. This lovely older woman, I believe is just shy of 100, moved into a nursing home and the family is trying to sell the home. Now, this woman had lived in this home for decades. Similar to the house of the client that I'm working with locally, this house is being sold as is. So this woman called me. She said, Renee, what do I do? What do I look at? And I'm so relieved that she did because she was going to get an opportunity to go into the house with a contractor and her own inspector, even though the contract had to be written with no inspections. That means no formal inspections. But she hired an independent inspector to come with her to the home and basically be working quickly as she and her contractor were in other spaces of the house looking at what would need to be renovated in order to make it basically habitable. This house was pretty far gone, but the bones of this house was beautiful. But they uncovered a massive amount of work that would be needed, including landscaping. There were tons of trees on this property that would need to be taken down. Bushes and shrubs all overgrown just from neglect. She said that you could see the bones of the garden had been so beautifully laid out, but everything was completely overgrown. So now you're talking not just inside, not just the runnings of the house, but now the outside of the house. And then this extended to the HVAC system. Guess what? The home isn't air conditioned. So then they're stuck trying to figure out how to put central air in when the heating source is through radiators. So that means there's no ductwork to use so that you can add in air conditioning, right? All of these components added up to an enormous list of projects that this woman decided 
were must-haves in order to move in, right? So she was on the other end of this other woman and saying, no, we can't move in until we have X, Y, and Z lined up. So she was factoring into this home purchase, staying in the home they're in now for at least a year to 18 months in order to rehab and renovate the house that they want to purchase. Now, all of this is doable, some easier than others. And again, it goes back to your threshold for pain, your threshold for tolerance, your overall budget, what your family's needs are. All of these little pieces have to come into play when you're making these massive decisions about taking on homes that you haven't seen much of. And one note I want to circle back to on the woman who bought the home locally is the day I met with her was only the second time she'd ever been in the home. And she was seeing things that she had never seen before because she was only in it one other time. So this is a challenge. I can do things like that. Professionals can walk in, but honestly, I'm not sure I would buy a house that I had seen once briefly, knowing that it was going to be a major renovation project that I had to purchase as is. So I applaud these people who have the gumption to take that leap of faith, knowing that the house is right for them. It's just not right at the moment, but they know they can hire the professionals, me and contractors and landscapers to make that house what they want it to be. In the end, they're living in their dream home. And that to me is a wonderful feeling. Now, I have to say the woman out of town, she did put in a bid and it was on the lower side and they haven't accepted it. But the seller's family hasn't entertained any more offers. So it's possible they will still come back to these clients and say, okay, we'll take your bid. Because the buyers knew how much money they would need to invest in order to make it work for them. And so apparently their bid was just slightly under what the family was asking in the first place. But these are all critical decisions that need to be worked through. And they're personal to each and every one of you and your situations. But when you are going out, the housing market is crazy town. And trust me, we have gotten caught up in it because I have clients trying to move. And by the time we consult on a house, the house is gone. I had a client, he is desperate to move into a bigger home. He is newly divorced and is in a temporary house. He sent me a listing at three o'clock in the afternoon saying, hey, Renee, take a look at this one and let me know if I should go see it. Well, I was in a meeting. I got out of that meeting at about quarter of five, took a quick look in my car. I knew this was time sensitive. I'm looking at this listing on my phone, quickly texted him. I said, I think this is a good one. Head on over. And he texted me back. 20 minutes later, and he said, my realtor said they've already accepted an offer. I mean, this is nuts. And I felt terrible. I mean, there was nothing I could have done, but we do now have a policy. I said, if you see a house that you think is remotely interesting, just go talk to me about it after the fact, because we don't want this situation to keep happening. But I do think you need to know your threshold for pain and tolerance of a renovation project if you're even remotely considering purchasing a house, quote, as is, or you have to waive inspections and really go in blind to a new home. I have friends who just couldn't do it, and they'd be the first to admit it and say, that's not for me. I wouldn't even put a bid in on a house like that. But for those of you who would possibly consider it, really think that through. And then for those of you who say, 
doesn't bother me a bit, I love projects, then now's the time because I am being told that if you do waive your inspections and you walk in with a cash offer, you leapfrog to the top of the list. And if there's 12 bids on that house, you tend to be floating around number one, number two, because the sellers don't want any surprises with inspections and feeling like they're being nickeled and dimed all the way up to closing date. If you're out on the search for a new home, I want you to start by looking at the floors. What are they? Are they hardwood? If they are, what color are they? Do you like the color? What's their general appearance? Do they look worn out? Do they look in good shape? If it's carpeting, does it look grungy? Does it look like it's past its prime? Is it wrinkled? And by wrinkled, meaning literally wrinkles, that means it's overstretched. That means it needs to be replaced. But what's underneath it? Like this one homeowner, he wanted to rip up the carpet. It was in good shape, but they did have dogs and put in hardwood. Well, he peeled back a corner of the carpeting. I don't recommend doing that unless your realtor allows you to. And so it's just plywood. Okay, now he has to factor in new wood flooring and then refinishing. Then the paint, what's the condition of the paint? Is it in good shape, but you just don't like the colors? Or is it peeling? Does it look worn out? You can tell these things just by looking carefully. That will all help inform what your painting scope of work is going to be. You know, if it's peeling off the wall and you have plaster walls, you might have plaster work you have to take care of first and then paint. And then these are really basic things, but the electric, take a look at that. The woman I'm working with locally, this house had a mixture of device colors, meaning the outlet on the wall, some were black and some were cream because they obviously were put in at different times. That bothered my client and she wants to change them all out. It's not a huge expense, but when you start adding every single device every single electrical outlet in a home, it starts to add up. And then are they only two-pronged? Two of the three houses that I'm talking about were very old homes. So of course, they were almost all two-pronged outlets. That doesn't always work for everyone. So in both situations, they're going to be replacing at least one outlet to put a three-prong in. And if it's going to be someone's office, you might want to consider replacing all of them with a three-prong so that you can use any of the outlets that work best with the furniture layouts. And then the heating and air conditioning, the age of it, are there multiple zones? Do you want multiple zones? And there's only one. And in my part of the world, we have old homes with no air conditioning and radiators. That is a much more invasive project to add in air conditioning and can open up a can of worms if you say, yep, I wanna do it anyway. It's okay to do it but you must be aware of what you're taking on. And then simple things like the fireplaces. If the house has them, are they working? Are the chimneys lined? Now, some of these things you may not be able to determine when you're in the house, but they're good to ask. If the seller is listing it through an agent, you can ask that agent, how are these fireplaces set up? Because you are going to have to make them functional if you plan on using them. And then, like I mentioned earlier, the windows, are any of them failing? Are any of them failing and needing to be replaced? Or are all of them failing and needing to be replaced? Again, a lot of old houses in my area, and sadly, a lot of the windows need to be replaced. That is a very large investment. And 
also one you can quickly Google search for and get darn close as to are you talking about a $20,000 investment or a $50,000 investment? And then some more aesthetic things inside the house, lighting. A lot of homes built in the 50s and 60s never put in ceiling fixtures in bedrooms. It just wasn't the style. Now people like them. Take a look around. Do you have them? The woman I'm working with locally, it hadn't occurred to her to look up. She didn't notice that the bedrooms had no overhead lighting until I asked her if she was putting some in. So now she's doing that and it wasn't on her original list. So these are things to keep in mind. And then, like I discussed earlier, the landscaping. Now, I am not a landscaper. I actually know my limits and have a lovely man that makes the outside of my home beautiful. But take a look around. Is it overgrown? Are there trees that don't look healthy? These are big ticket items that will have to be addressed in the near future for safety. You don't want a big storm to come by and knock a tree into your home. Because trust me, my parents' house was hit by an enormous tree from the neighbor's yard that was meant to come down and the company just hadn't gotten to it in time. So it is an enormous mistake to leave dying trees anywhere near your home. So please learn from our situation and take a look around outside of the house. And then lastly, the overall style. Now with my first client with the French country, we are going to be able to peel back a lot of the French country accents that the former owners put in place, but we aren't going to be able to take them all out. So you need to make sure that the inside of the home, for the most part, feels like you. Obviously, I am in the business of renovations and design. Anything can be changed, If you aren't allocating your budget to that area, then you need to make sure that the basic aesthetic of the home, not the color of the floor, not the paint color on the wall, not even the lighting in the ceiling, but the general feel of the home feels like you, that you can see yourself in the home and that it reflects your style and your taste once you fix the paint color and the floor color. But those are easy enough to fix. So please, Keep buying houses. I love hearing about the adventures people are going on, but go into these, but go into it with your eyes wide open, your lists in place, and your research to come before you make that enormous leap of faith, before you put a bid in on a house that you don't really know everything about. So if this brings up more questions and answers, as always, feel free to reach out, shoot me an email. I would be happy to go over any questions you may have. And in the meantime, I can't thank you enough for your time. And I look forward to our next conversation together. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to reach out to me. You can email me or direct message me through social media. And we can start a conversation about what it is you're going through right now. That will also help me come up with other ideas for future podcasts that I can share with everyone. As I assure you, we're all in the same boat together. I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to my podcast and leave me a review. If you would like to find out more about me and what I can do, please go to my website, www.devignedesign.com. Thanks for listening and I hope to hear from you soon.